Reformed Church. You know, it's really good. I um, I was just I had been thinking just about a lot of good stuff the last uh, number of days. I mean, I, I guess you're always thinking about a lot of good stuff, right? As the Lord reminds you of things, you're always thinking about a lot of good stuff. But um, and and if you're not thinking about something good, just ask the Lord right to bring something to your heart and mind, so you, you could be thinking about something good, right? But um, I was just asking the Lord, you know, like what is what's a good way to kind of start, right? To just kind of present uh, this to you this morning. Uh, but just, I, I just was kind of, I wanted to, I thought it was important to begin at just the right spot. And, uh, and I just figured, you know what, Lord, I, I said, I, I know that it'll, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll help me to see that. And right when we were right in the middle of praise and worship, um, it, it just kind of came to me. So I, I just kind of stopped and wrote a couple things down. But, you know, what we were just praying, I think, is a good place for us to start there. You know, we... The, it it is um, if you if you've read ever in in the Gospels Matthew chapter six is one of the chapters where he talks about it where he says um, he teaches us to pray and he says Lord that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven right um, there is you know there's a lot there more than I think I have ever seen there before that, that when he says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and and this may be something very um seem very basic to you but if you just think about this for a second um we, we don't pray lord that your will would be done in heaven as it is on earth right in other words you don't you don't look to earthly things and then say you know as you see these earthly things that's how it is in heaven or that's what will be done in heaven right in other words it's always the other way around you 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 um as things are i'll say it to you like this as things are in heaven in reality for us in christ right in 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 our salvation we're citizens of heaven and we'll look at a lot of that stuff this morning that is what the lord wants to bring to pass in our body i mean that is how it is today in our spirit right spiritually speaking we are perfect right we, the, the lord says in hebrews chapter 12 right that 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 our spirits have been made perfect that our spirit has been perfected right but we don't see that today in our body but a lot of times what we what we seek after in our mind and in our body in other words in our flesh we seek we look for these things and we wait for these things and we keep our eyes on these things and we, 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 you know, we, we talk about, oh, I haven't seen this yet or this is not working or this is not happening, right? But the thing that we don't get is the Lord, the way the Lord teaches us to pray, in other words, the way he wants us to think is that as it is in heaven, so it is on this earth. And if you don't know how it is in heaven, how will you ever see that on the earth, Right? If you just don't know, you have no clue, you have no idea, let's say, you know, what you really have in, in heaven. What has the Lord done? What is, what is this new creation that he's made you? The new creation that he's made us that he talks about in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is a heavenly creation. It's not of this earth. It's not of this world who he's made us, right? It's, it's, of, it's heavenly. We, we are, and this is what I pray that we walk away from here this morning, right? That we are heavenly we are not earthly therefore you can't you can't think earthly if you if you, if you think earthly you're you're taking your mind away from who you are right you're you're beholding who you are you're looking in the mirror of jesus and you say i'm heavenly i am as you are lord right 
But then you walk away and start thinking earthly, and you wonder why you don't don't seem to be thinking right, why this doesn't work, right? And it's because you're just thinking earthly. You're just thinking naturally. In other words, when you you look for natural things, you're thinking naturally. It's not that you're thinking demonic thoughts. It's that that you're just thinking naturally, right? When you're you're living by sight, that's natural, right? When you're living by beholding Jesus, you're you're beholding heavenly things. You're thinking on heavenly things. Let's just read it real quick. I, I know that a lot of you probably know Second Corinthians five, you know, by, by memory maybe some of you, right? But let's look at it anyway. Second Corinthians chapter five and look at verse number seventeen. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I mean, I can't stress to you enough to to just allow the Lord to help you really establish you in the fact that the new creation is not an earthly creation, right? It, 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 it was kind of making me chuckle a little bit. Pastor Mike was sharing something. He said, he said, oh, you know, I was just reading some stuff, and he was reading some things out of Numbers 13, and he was sharing some stuff, and I was just, it's just funny because he, he's sharing so many things that I thought were just very, very much in line with this. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think that is probably worth putting that out there. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if we're going to call it something or whatever, but if you just remember today's date, if you listen to both together, I think it's a nice compliment, right? The things that Pastor Mike shared and then this message. But anyway, if you look at the new creation that you have been made, right, the new creation that you have been made is heavenly. So, okay, so you look, you look to the cross and you see to what Jesus has done. And you said, Lord, you know, by your death on the cross, right, you, you have made me, right, because I am in you, it says, if anyone is in Christ, it says, you have made me a new creation. Old things have passed away. Those are earthly things. That, that's, that's being governed by the ways and the precepts of this world, right, the way it used to be, the way, the fact that, you know what, the, the, the day that a baby is born, right, the day that that baby is born into this world, he begins to deteriorate, right? He's growing, but he's already beginning to deteriorate, right? There are already things about physical bodies, right, that just, you know, a, a baby comes out, you know, with skin so smooth and so gentle and so beautiful and so new, and, and right away things begin to change, right? That, that The way of this world is just death and corruption, right, because of sin. It just, things, just, everything corrupts in this world. Everything in this world corrupts. So, so when you think, you know, the way so much of this world is, is is just geared to think. You know, you, you always think corruption, death. You know, I was, I was talking to someone the other day that it's just right, that's just my age, basically, right? And, and they were saying like, oh, you know how it is, you know, I'm, we're old, you know, can't do things the way you used to. I'm like, I don't even think like that. Like, why, why do people always say that, right? But I know why they say it, because that's how people think. People think they, death, they plan death, they look forward to death, right? That's like people, everything they do is, is, it has this underlying thing about death, right? What, but that's not how I think. I don't, I don't, I don't see something happening. I'm like, oh, see, that's why, because it's downhill from here, and, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just old, can't do things the way it used to be, right? That's not the way I think. And actually, this person is actually a little bit younger than I am. I'm like, man, I don't feel like that. I mean, you feel like that. I mean, I know why you feel like that, but I'm, I'm young, right? Actually, we were, talking, we were talking yesterday in the car. We were just taking a drive to a mall, and, um, you know, we're as old as old can be and as young as young can be, right? There's nobody older than God, right? God is as old as it gets, right? He, he, he has always been and will ever be. That's pretty old, right? And he's as young as young can be, right? Because there is no corruption, right? But, but that's the beauty of, 
the kingdom that we are of, right? That's the beauty of, of the heaven of God. That's the beauty of who God has made us citizens of, right? That there is no corruption, right? There is no death. Let me show you something. Um, here, let's just finish up this little bit. He says in the latter part of verse number 17, he says, all things have become new, right? And, but the, the beauty of that, of that newness that he says is that we know what kind of new that is. You know, it's, it's, not like, it's not like the newness of this world, right? You get an old car that's all beat up, you get a new one, and that new car, car that you just got, right, has probably, it's already begun to deteriorate. It's been just sitting in the lot at the dealers, and, and there's probably little specks of rust that you haven't even seen. The tires are already a little worn because people have been driving it around a little bit, doing test drives, right? And even if, it's, if you receive it right from the manufacturer, right, right from the manufacturer. I mean, you just got to go to Walmart one time and somebody's going to ding your car, just one time, right? And you can park it sideways, you can park it whatever way you want, and it is going to deteriorate. That car is going to deteriorate, right? Why? Because it, it's the new of this world is not really new. The new of this world is kind of like it's new and then it starts to deteriorate right away and corrupt. But God's new is not like that. When God says he makes something new, it is permanently new. In other words, it has this thing in it called eternal life. When God made us new, he gave us eternal life. Therefore, we are really new. Right? Like we have the same newness that God has. Like his newness now is our newness, right? And that's why he says that we, that we have all things have become new. Verse 18 says, and now all things are of God. The all things that are new are of God. So you, what you have, you know, the way you've been made is you have been made like he has, like he has made. That's why, that's why we talk about, you know, uh, we talk about the fact that the, you know, even when we talk about like the will of God coming to pass, like, like we, we know what God wants to bring to pass in our lives. He wants to bring to pass in our bodies the same exact thing that he has already brought to pass inside of us, the same way heaven is, right? In other words, the, the, the reason for God to want to reconcile to himself is because he wanted to give us everything that he has, right, which is newness and incorruptibility, right? Let, let, let me read to you the rest of 18. Now all things are, are of God who has reconciled to, him, to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let, let's look at the adjacent, if that's the right word, scripture to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's look at Revelation 21. Revelation 21, right? So here he's talking about how he has already made us new. Old things have passed away, the things that are of this earth and being governed by the things of this world, right? Which is sin and death, corruption, right? In, in Revelation 21 and verse number one, he says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be, uh, will be with them and be their God. And God, listen, listen to the desire of God to bring to pass, right? He'll wipe away every tear. That's in you already. You were made new, right? You were made brand new on the inside. Are there tears in heaven? None. So in you, in your spirit, who you are made today, is there, is there like this inherent sadness and depth of depression that comes from in you? No. If, when you look in you, if you could open yourself up and look inside, there's no sadness and depression and deep nothing. All that there is there is joy, 
right? It says that the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, where God reigns, joy reigns. So, so he says here, he says, God will, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more what? Death. No more death. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, there is eternity, eternal life, eternal living, right? What you have on the inside of you, this newness that you have of God, is eternal life. Isn't it interesting, or don't we find it a little bit, I, I've always found it a little humorous, right? That, that the church does, unfortunately, struggle, at least for now, struggles for now with this with understanding that that God has made us to live forever. He's not going to make us to live forever. He made you to live forever. You will never be made new ever again. <laughs> right? The Lord doesn't say and he made them new and they were a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things became new. And then when Jesus came back, he made them new again. And old things were passed away and behold, all things were new. No, right? He he made you new. You're new. Right? You're never going to be new again. But the church struggles so much, it struggles with, with being able to understand this thing about being able to live forever. But you know why they do that? What, what's the biggest obstacle in that form of thinking? Not being able to understand, obviously, what we have from Jesus, but it's because they're looking at their physical body. If they could see their spirit, they wouldn't even deny it for a second. But because they can't see who they are spiritually, and they're looking at this body that keeps deteriorating even after their salvation, they figure, well, see, this is what I mean. We're getting old. We're going to die, right? But, but, but we don't see this thing that we have called eternal life. Every Christian, every single Christian, every single one has eternal life and speaks of it, but actually doesn't apply it to even themselves, doesn't apply it to themselves. We believe that we could raise the dead, but don't believe that we could give our own body eternal life. That our own body could receive from the eternal life that it has, right? It's not, it's not God's intent for us to live forever in this thing. It's not. We know that it's not, right? But the thing is, but for us to think that this world can, can cause this body to die because it has power over it, you're, you're missing the power of God that's in you. You, you don't know fully. You don't know fully, but as you continue to grow in that knowledge, what you will see is that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body. By that same spirit that rose his dead corpse from a grave and lifted it up and sat him at the right hand of the Father, that same spirit is the same spirit that you are of. That's that's, That's why he says, let us walk in the newness of the spirit. In other words, what he's saying is, let us walk heavenly. Let us not walk as earthly earthy right let us walk heavenly let us i i I understand the 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 problem with what you see but again the will of god in your life is not done by looking at earthly things right you will never have the will of god done on earth right and and then let that which is done on earth then make it so in heaven it is already so in heaven you want to bring from the heaven that you have in you you want to bring that out you're not trying to take the out and bring it in you're trying to take what's in you and bring it out right the only way for that to happen is for you to be able to see it these are heavenly things the things of the spirit that you are of are heavenly they are not earthly therefore you cannot set your eyes on earthly things you're heavenly right there is i mean it's so funny just even yesterday the lord was reminding me and this comes up a lot in my mind just like what what we as children of god right what 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 were worthy because of the worthiness that the lord has given us like how much you're worth people speaking 
the right things to you, right? Like, like it, 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 is, it is so good for people to speak to you based on who you are, not to speak beneath you, right? right? You know how horrible it is to speak to people that are heavenly and talk to them like a bunch of earthly dogs, right? Why, why would you ever do that? Why would you speak to people that are heavenly and talk to them about sin and the reason why you're going through stuff in your life is because of what you've done in your past? And like, what the heck does what I've done in my past have anything to do with who God has made me today? Nothing. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. He says, he said, what? He said, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying, right? I, I know that that seems foreign to maybe a bit of our thinking, but there is no reason, no reason, if, right, if you look in you, there is no reason, right, to cry and weep. There is no reason to cry and weep. If you're weeping and you're crying and it's, it's other than tears of joy, the only reason why that happens to us today is because we're not seeing who we are. Because within you, there is only reason to rejoice. There is, that, that's why the Lord says that, that we are to rejoice always in the Lord. Rejoice always in the Lord. Not because God wants to force you to rejoice. It's because that's the, that's the only thing that makes logical sense. If it's for us to, because we are heavenly and because who we've been made, you have no other reason but to rejoice. So seeing who you are and, and speaking to the people of God based on who they are and not speaking beneath them but speaking to them directly, right, based on who they are and who Christ has made you, all that can do is make you rejoice, right? Because you're seeing, my God, this is who I am. This is who God has made me. He said, there'll be no more death, no more crying, no more sorrow. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. But didn't he say that already about you in 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What you're seeing here is it bringing it, you're seeing it come to pass this is what I read to you, verse 1 of, of, of uh, Revelation 21. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That's what he saw. He didn't see a new set of Christians. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. What he made new and what he's describing is a new heaven and a new earth. Not a new us, a new heaven and a new earth, right? And, and then, so, 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 so when you see in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Lord describes everything that he's describing here. He sees it described about you in 2 Corinthians. You see that all that's happening is what he did in you is coming to pass, right, in the rest of creation. But you are the first to receive that, right? Creation didn't receive it ahead of you, right? The, 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 the heavens above, right, and beneath God did not receive it, right? Now, now the heaven of God has always been this way, right? There is, there, are, there is no pain in the heaven of God. There are no tears. See, in the kingdom of God where God reigns, God doesn't reign right now in the heavens beneath him. God does not reign today in this earth, right? But God reigns in the heaven of God, which means that he also reigns in me, right? So because, because that's where he reigns, you know, wherever God reigns, there is no what? There is no death. There is no sorrow. There is no crying. There, is no, there are no tears. There's no more death, right? So that is the no more death and all of this that you have in you. That's what you want to see come out of you, right? But, but by watching this is not how you're going to see it come out, right? You're not going to force what is God has put in you to come out by this. He said, pray that your will would be done, right, on earth as it is in heaven, right? You see where he wants to get your eyes? On earth as it is in heaven. So the immediate question right after that, 
just bear with me with this for a second. What is the very logical, immediate question that you ask right after that? Lord, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. The immediate question you ask yourself after that is, how is it in heaven? Right? On earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? Don't we all want to find that out? How is it in heaven? Because if it's on earth as it is in heaven, and you don't know, we should find out. Right? Because that's how we, it's going to come to... And then you, you get a little glimpse of that here, right? How is it in heaven? Well, in heaven, right, there, there are no tears. There's no more death. There's no sorrow. There's no crying. There's no more pain. The former things have passed away, right? In, in, in heaven, there, is no, there are no things of this earth, right? This earth has no dominion over heaven, right? That's why Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, it says death has no more dominion over him. And it says that he's seated above all principality, power, and dominion, right? He's above all of it. You know what that means? None of this world, none of the government of this world impacts Jesus a lick, right? It has nothing to do with him. It's, it's foreign. It's a, we, we are, let, let, let me bring to you here real quick, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and I'll see if I can find it very, very quickly for you. Colossians chapter 3, is it 3? I think it is. Um, one. Colossians 3, 1. But, sorry. No. Philippians 3. Philippians. Colossians 3, 1 is actually good too. But this is Philippians 3. Um, look at verse number 17. It says, uh, Philippians 3, 17. It says, Brethren, join in following my example and note those uh, who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Let's just pause there for a second. Do you see how people of this world live? People of this world that deny the cross, that have become enemies of the cross. How, how is it that they think? Right, because... Paul says, follow my example, right? How do I think? How do they think, right? How do people that are enemies of the cross, that want nothing to do with what Jesus has provided for the world, how do they think? It says that they think, they set their mind on earthly things. In other words, they're all about just here, what I can see, what I can touch. That's why you hear many people say, I will believe it when I see it, right? Because it's just about earthly things. That's not a wise thing for a Christian to say. That's a dumb thing for a Christian to say, right? That, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. You have no idea then who you are because you haven't seen anything of who you are. If you believe it when you see it, I don't even know if you're saved then, right? If that's, if that's how we think, right, is that I'll believe it when I see it, th that's a little bit of a problem, right? Because you were saved by exactly the opposite. You were saved by seeing him who is unseen because no one, because you have not seen God. Right? And you have not seen Christ, but yet you love him and believe in him. Right, So, so it's exactly the opposite. So people that are of this world, that are earthly, it says they set their mind on earthly things. Verse 20, but it says for our citizenship, in other words, where you are from, right? our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, he's talking about, he said, he said, he said follow my example, right? In other words, he says, by the things that I say, 
You can see the things that I believe, right? By the things that I say, like judge the things that you're hearing. And I said, and know, he says, that I am not earthy, but I am heavenly. And he says, and if you are, if you are heavenly, right, as I'm heavenly, he's saying, he said, he said, know and be reminded that your citizenship is in heaven. That's what you are of, right? From, from which we also eagerly wait, and, and that is we have a sure expectation for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body. Now, now, here's why that's important. What is the only part that it's saying he'll transform? Your body, right? Your body. It is the only part of you, right? The only part of you, in other words, your flesh, the part of your mind that's not yet renewed, and this body is the only thing that is not heavenly. There, there are portions of your body, of your mind, sorry, that are now have the thoughts of God, in other words, heavenly thoughts. You th- part of your mind that when certain things come up, you, you already think heavenly in regard to that. Remember what I told you at the beginning? I was saying, you know, I was just talking to somebody yesterday and how right away the first thing that comes up is, oh, we're getting old. You can't do things like you used to, right? That's an earthly way of thinking, completely earthly and natural, right? But that's not how I think I was telling you, right? But why? Because the Lord has renewed my mind to this thing, this life that I have, right? He, he has taught me what eternal life means. He has shown me who he has made me, right? So it, it changes how you think and the way you, and obviously as, as you change the way you think, right? As, as the Lord renews your mind, so your, your speaking changes, right? So he says, you're citizens of heaven. We eagerly wait for our Savior, Jesus Christ, verse 21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be, watched conformed to his glorious body. What was that now? That your body will be conformed to whose body? His body. Why? What, why, why is it that I, we know now, you don't know what your body's going to look like, but you do know this. You know that your body will be just like his, right? I mentioned that a couple services ago, right? You, you don't know maybe entirely what it looks like because you haven't physically seen his body, but you do know this. You do know that your body will be just like his body is. So anything that describes his, his body that he possesses, right, is describing your body, right, the way it will be. He said, he said conformed, uh, he will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. So it is obviously because of 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 um, the power that Christ has, right? The inheritance that he has of the Father, everything that he possesses that has, that has changed and transformed his physical body, right? But, but look at words like transformed and conformed, right? In verse 21, let me read that to you again. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be, he'll transform our lowly, lowly body that it may be conformed to his image. So it's a transformation of our body to conform itself to him. Conform itself to him. Now keep those two words, transform and conform. Then let's look at Romans chapter 12 real quick. Look at Romans chapter 12. And he uses a very, very similar language there. In verse number one, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, Romans 12, 1, uh, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, he's saying there, and we talked about this last service, right, last Sunday, that, that, that this body is the Lord's. And the only thing that makes reasonable sense, the only thing that really makes sense 
is that we would allow God to be able to use this body and prosper this body for God to be able to do and bring his will to pass in it and in the lives of other people, right? So it says, it says this, is, this, is how, this is how our service is, right? The Lord, the Lord working in and through us. And then he says, and do not be, it says what? Conformed to this world. In other words, you're, you're heavenly. Don't conform yourself now to a world that's earthly, you're heavenly. Why would we are to be conformed to Christ in our body, right? Why would you conform your body to the world, right? And use this body in whatever illicit and perverse and natural way that the world does, right? Why? Because you're more than that. You're way more than that, right? You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. He has put you above the things of this world just as he is above the things of this world, right? So because he's perfected you and made you that way, it makes no sense at all. It's not reasonable to think that you would take this body then and conform it then to the ways of this world and the way this world works because your citizenship is not of this earth. Your citizenship is of heaven. I I remember, you know, I told you the story before that I, I grew up in in new york city right in queens then when i was about 13 years old moved to dominican republic so you know what the weird thing was i i lived there and it was just a beautiful place to live right very lovely like you would think the, the caribbean would be right but i i always felt like a little disconnected right because I didn't know a lot of the things that the people there knew, right? I didn't grow up there. So all the history and all the stuff that you're taught from like, from like first grade or kindergarten or preschool all the way to like sixth grade, I didn't get that. So I always felt a little disconnected there. And then after I left there and came and joined the Navy, I felt a little disconnected here because all the stuff that they taught the kids in high school here, I didn't get because I was in high school there. So it's like, I don't feel at home there. I don't feel at home here. But the good thing about about that is we shouldn't feel at home at all in this world. We should feel at home in heaven that is in us, right? In other words, home is on the inside of me. Home is not this stuff, right? Home is not this stuff. This stuff will be made home, right? Believe me, this will, be, this, will, this will one day look like home. It doesn't look like home right now, but it will look like home one day, right? Because the Lord will make this new with the same newness that I have in me. Then it'll feel like, oh, this is nice, right? Like some, when you're in somebody's home or you're in a hotel, sometimes it's like, oh, this is not like my chair. This is not like my bed, right? right? I, a lot of times when I travel, I take my pillow. You know why? Because nobody has a pillow like my pillow right? That's my pillow. It, it works for me perfectly, right? But it, it's the same way it is for us, right? You, you can walk this earth and you feel out of place in this world, but that's okay because home is right on the inside of you and wherever you go, home is with you. So you are always at home even though you're still on this earth. But, it, but, but to that effect, right, we are heavenly people. We don't take then and then uh, allow, right? In other words, that, that's a warped way of thinking, if you really look at it, right? To take our body then and then, then conform it to this world. It's like you're forcing yourself into a mold that you don't fit in, that it's not of you, right? That's not you. You're heavenly. You're heavenly. So, so the same way the Lord was saying in Revelation 21, I believe that's where we just were, right? About us being co- transformed and conformed to his image. Here it says, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. What's being transformed? Your body, right? The same way he said he would, he would transform our body to look, our lowly body, it says, to look just like his. Here he says, it says that he will transform, that he will, he will uh, be, that we could be transformed, it says, by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove, watch, 
that you may prove from God's heavenly perspective what's good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God is, right? No death, no sorrow, no crying, no tears, no pain, right? All of that stuff. That it, that, that's what God says when he looks at you. He says, that is what I find acceptable for you. That is what I say is good. That is what I say is perfect for you, right? That's what he says is perfect for you. That's what he says you should be taking from, right? Right? So, so, so there's a righteousness that the Lord has given you, a right that you have to all the grace in which you stand, right? That he's saying, let's take from that. Let's receive from that. Let, 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 let's look a little bit. Let's look a little bit at Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number 22. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion, right? And to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, right? That, that's where we're of. We are of Mount Zion, but that means we are of heavenly Zion, right? We are, heav- we are of the heavenly Jerusalem, right? That's, 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 our, that's where our citizenship is. That's what we identify with. That's what we look to to understand who we are, right? People today, they do that whole, I don't know if it's 24 and me or what it is that they do, right, when they're trying to always find their ancestry and all this stuff. You know what people are looking for? Just point blank. You know what they're looking for? Who am I? That's what they're looking for. We know. I don't have to look at my roots to understand where my great, 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 great granddaddy came from, right? I honestly I could care less. I could really care less. What is what is listen, because but here's why. Not because I am trying to be insensitive to people that have ever done that, but that that has nothing to do with who I am today. Who my daddy is, just one generation below, right? Has nothing to do with who I am today. Nothing. It's just the remains, right? In other words, sometimes, you know, I could see certain things in my mannerisms or the way that I'll say something, and I'll say, oh, yeah, you know what? That almost sounds like kind of like the way my dad would, would have said something, right? But more and more, that's becoming less and less and less. Why? Because I have not been made according to the image of my earthly daddy. I have been made according to the image of my heavenly father, right? And that is who I am now. I'm not just trying to mimic him, right? But that's, that's what I've been made like. So the way now that I'm talking and the way that I act and the way that I speak and the way that I judge things, right, it, it all becomes more and more, right? The thoughts of God become your thoughts. So we are of a heavenly Jerusalem. It says to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, right? We have a registration, right? You got a registration on your car, right? We are registered in heaven. We are God's and he is ours, right? To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, right? Like, so you see that I've been made perfect in my spirit, right? So I I definitely want to bring that out. I don't, I don't want to bring out mediocre stuff that works sometimes and sometimes doesn't. Listen, you could look at the world's ways and that, isn't that a pitiful way, honestly, I, I shouldn't say pitiful because that may sound a little insensitive, but isn't that a horrible way to live? To live mimicking earthly things, right? That work sometimes and sometimes they don't. You know, it's like you're gambling all your life. Well, it kind of worked for this one, but didn't really work for that. Listen, look anything up on YouTube. Go ahead, on, on, go Google anything you want or watch any video, and you will get op- opposing arguments to everything, to everything, right? That's how living earthly is, right? It's, it's 50-50, and sometimes it's not even 50-50. It's worse than that, right? But you don't really know. But with God, it's a sure thing. When God says something, it's always like that. 
It's such, a, it's such an awesome way to be, to be able to look to a God, to be able to say, when God says, this is who you are and this is what you have, there is no 50-50, right? You can't, un, you can't un-Google that. You can't, you can't look something up on the internet that's going to take that away, right? If God said it, it is true. That's why it says that we should not refuse him who speaks from heaven, right? That we, that's how we were saved, right? We didn't refuse God who speaks from heaven. He spoke the truth of the gospel of his son, and we believe that, right? We believed heavenly things over earthly things. Let me show you a little bit more here. In verse number 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Verse 25, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I will not only... I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of the things that are being shaken as the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. So, so, so look at what he's saying there. He's saying that today, right, today, this is, this is speaking about a day to come, but even today you can see there are things, there are things that can be shaken. In other words, everything that is earthly cannot remain. So when the Lord comes and he makes a new heaven and a new earth, there are, let's just say things, quote unquote, that will remain and things that will not. When the Lord makes a new heaven and a new earth, right, the only things that will remain and stay are things that are of the heaven of God. And we are of that heaven, right? Therefore, there, there is, when, when things are made new, we stay put just as we are because we are already new, right? We are already heavenly. So, so when the Lord makes all things that are earthly or of, or of the heavens that are not of God and he makes it all new the way he was saying in Revelation 21, we will remain because we are, un, we are of a kingdom that is immovable and unshakable, right? Nothing ever changes there. There, it's not like, oh, today you have life, but tomorrow you might have a little death. There's never death. It's always life. You see how concrete? Things are so concrete with God. Heaven, there's always life. There's never death, right? But here it says in verse number 28, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, it says, let us have grace. Let us have from the grace of God that we have on the inside of us. He's saying, let us have grace that we may serve God expect, acceptably, it says, with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So what he's saying in there, there is a time coming where the Lord will make everything new, right, including the, this earthly body. But you, right, you will remain. If we haven't received a new body by now, we will receive a new body when the Lord comes back. And then when the, the earth is made new, right, everything will be made brand new, like our bodies and like our spirits are new, right? But, but now... So, so to put this together a little bit for you, we, we are from verse number 22 all the way to verse number 29, we read about, you know, what, what, is, what is heaven like? Like, what, 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 where are we citizens of? What is it that we possess? What is it that we have, right? We are heavenly and not earthly. We are registered. We are those that are registered in heaven, right? We don't have our citizenship of this earth, but we are citizens of heaven, right? Let, let's go then. Let's go with that in mind. We're going to start wrapping up here a little bit. Right? Not entirely, but we're getting there. Look at Matthew chapter 7, I think. Matthew chapter 7. And look at verse number 21. 
Verse number 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? So in other words, what he's saying is, there is a way to enter into the kingdom of heaven that we're currently of today, right? There is a way to do that. Um, but he says, but there are people that will come in the last day and they will say to the Lord, look at everything that we've done, right? They'll say that. They said, Lord, we, we have, we have, um, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name and done many wonders in your name? So we look at what we have done and he'll respond and say to them in verse number 23, and then I will declare, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So practicing lawlessness is one without law, right? But one that is, that lawlessness there is one who refuses the law of faith, right? In other words, there is a law that God has set in motion that is the only way to enter into the kingdom of heaven, which is faith in Jesus Christ, right? And if someone refuses to be obedient to the law of faith, right? Refuses to be obedient to the law of faith, right? They cannot enter in. But how do you know that these people were, were disobedient to the law of faith? Because everything that they say is about what they have done, not about what Jesus has done. It's about what they have done. It's about, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we cast out devils in your name? Haven't we done many wonders in your name? So, Lord, look, look at everything that we've done. That should give us entrance into heaven, correct? Incorrect, right? It is all based on what the Lord has done. It's all based on the cross, right? That's what Paul was speaking about, people that are enemies of the cross, right? It's not about what the Lord has done. It's about everything else. Verse 23 says, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, which is, again is refusing the law of faith, right? A disobedience, which is not obedient to the faith or to the doctrine of Jesus, right? Verse number 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. And that's the same thing that he said in verse 21, right? He said in verse 21, he said, um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. So there is a doing that he's looking at us and he's saying, there is a doing that I'm looking for you to do, that if you do that doing, right, or you're a doer of that, right, the same thing that he said in verse 24, he who does them, Whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them. So there's something there about, right, hearing and doing. But what, what is the hearing and the doing, right? Because, because if, if he's saying that's, that's how you enter into the kingdom, what is the doing, right? In James chapter 1, if we look real quick and we'll come back. James chapter 1 and verse number 22. He said, but be doers, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves it says for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer remember what he said the people that don't enter in are the people that don't do it the people that are not doers right the people that are doers are the people that enter right so if you hear and do you enter if you hear and don't do you don't enter right so what is the doing and the not doing right he says here he says th that you're not just a hearer but a doer Verse number 23, it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, so he shows you the opposite first, right? He said, what is the person that hears but doesn't do? And that's the person that doesn't enter, right? The person that hears and does not do, doesn't enter. He says, what is that person like? It's like a person observing his natural face in the mirror, 
For he observes himself, verse number 24, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he then, that, that was the not doer. And the doer then, he says in verse 24, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, right? He who looks into the perfect law of liberty, in other words, looks at the gospel, looks at the truth about Jesus Christ and continues in that truth, right? And is not a forgetful hearer about what Christ has done, right? It's not a forgetful hearer about the cross and the gospel, right? But is a doer of the work. This one is blessed in what he does. So what is, if we go back to Matthew 7 again, and we were in verse number 21 around there, who is the person that is a doer of the work, right? Is the person that hears, right? In other words, the person that's obedient to the faith, obedience to the faith it is the doing right hearing and not being a forgetful hearer but continuing right that's the the parable of the seed and the sower there are there, there's some some people that hear and are very excited about hearing and then they just let it go because because you know they they come into problems that they're seeking after other things whatever there's lots of different reasons but people just let it go they don't continue jesus said you know what you started off good you started off good, but you let it go. You didn't continue. So that a person that hears and doesn't continue or a person that refused, they're in the same boat, right? They, they were disobedient. They were disobedient. So, so obviously that's not, not being obedient to the faith is not being a doer. So if we look at Matthew chapter 7 and then look at verse number 24, therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, which is to hear, right? Here and being not a forgetful hearer, but continuing in the truth, right? Becoming disciples of the Lord. Those, those disciples of God, those that are learned of God, he says, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, a person that builds his house on a rock is a person who builds a house on a foundation that is heavenly, right? A person that built his house on a rock is a person that built, a, built his house on a foundation that is heavenly, right? Here, it, rock, in, in a, I believe, this is in our glossary, you can look at that, but the word rock is, is, is kind of synonymous with cliff and mountain, right? It's, things, it's heavenly, right? When we, were talk, when we were reading in Hebrews chapter 12, he said that we have come to Mount Zion, heavenly Jerusalem, right? Mountain and, and heavenly, right? Here he's talking about he who builds his house on the rock, right? We, we were talking a little bit related to this. We, we were talking a few services ago about, in First Peter chapter 2, I believe, about us being built up as living stones, right? A, a spiritual household of God, right? That, that's, that's speaking heavenly things, right? Here he says, I will liken him to him who hears and believes, right, and continues and becomes a disciple of the Lord, right, taught of the Lord. I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock, right? It was founded in heaven, right? It, there, there are people that they have treasure in heaven, not treasure on this earth. People that are heavenly and not earthly people that are not shaken, right, that are not, that are, are not, uh, do not, um, we're of a kingdom, he says, that is unshakable, where we could have the grace of God, that which is of the kingdom of God, right? That's all that he's describing there, because it was founded on a rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, right? In other words, disobedient to the faith, rejects the gospel, doesn't, doesn't continue in it, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. But that word sand there is earth, right? Built his house on the earth, 
right? So instead of building his house, bi- building his house on a, uh, on a foundation which is heavenly, here he says he built his house on the sand or of the earth. And what happened? Things of earth are temporal, right? They corrupt. They're subject to death, right? So obviously they have no foundation in heavenly eternal things like we are, right? And the rain descended, the flood came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Um, let me show you a very similar thing in Luke. Look at, take a, I think Luke 6. I think Luke 6. Very, very similar. Luke chapter 6. Is it Luke chapter 6? Yeah, Luke chapter 6, and look at verse number 46. Luke 6 and verse number 46. It says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Isn't it interesting that a lot of people take that verse to say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and I don't, why is it that you call me Lord, Lord, but yet I tell you to do something and you don't do it? But they take that obedience because of a misunderstanding of what their obedience is. It's almost like God told you to do this, to go and become a missionary or to go and do that or to, or to not do this or to not do that. And because you didn't do that, then you're cursed. Or because you didn't do that, you're not saved or you're not obedient. Or, and when the Lord talks about disobedience, he's talking about you because God told you to do something and you didn't do it. But that, that would be like living under the law, right? right? In other words, the law said don't do it. And if you did do it, you were a breaker of the law, right? But the law that we live under now is the law of faith, right? The law of faith. So what we're, the obedience that God is talking about when he says, why don't you do the things that I say, it's talking about the word of God, right? He speaks the gospel to us so that we will hear it and believe it and continue in it. So what he's saying is, why don't you do what I say? In other words, why don't you hear and continue in what I'm saying, right? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and and not do the things which I say? He says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, and we read from James, right, what the doing is, what the doing of that is, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, right? In other words, the the foundation of our faith is, is the finished work of Jesus Christ, right? In other words, he is the foundation that whether you're talking to someone else and you're building and they're building on the foundation, right, that you have, that you have built, right, the, you laid the foundation of the gospel and then other people continue to teach other individuals, right, and they continue to get built up on the foundation who is Christ. Our heavenly foundation, that's why in Hebrews chapter 12, the Lord says that Christ is the mediator of this new covenant. In other words, we, we are of the church of the firstborn, the church of Christ, right? So that is the church that we are of. That's the house that we are of, right? We are the, of the house of Christ, right? So, 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 and that is because the foundation that we stand on is Christ and him crucified, which will never change. In other words, the effects of the finished work of Jesus Christ will never change. It will always be salvation and life and prosperity to us, always. That, that's what we, what we have as a foundation, right? So he says, uh, who dug deep in verse 48 and laid the foundation on the rock, and when the flood arose and the stream or, or, or the river, right, beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded, it says, on the rock. And verse 49 says, but he who heard and did nothing, he who heard and did nothing, right? It's kind of like the, 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 uh, the laborers, right, who were given everything by the Lord and did nothing with it, right? Given everything by the Lord, given the gospel and did nothing with it. Here he says, they heard and did nothing. 
is like a man who built a house on the earth. See here, it doesn't say sand. Here it says, who built a house on the earth without a foundation. Right? They have no, they, they, don't, they don't have Christ as their foundation. They're just, they're just living naturally by the things of this earth. So there's nothing, nothing that sustains them, nothing that gives them life, nothing that gives them eternity. So obviously they just live naturally. And as things go in this world, that's why people so loosely talk about death. Like, oh, we came from dust and we're going to return to the dust. Kind of like you're a plant, right? Kind of like you just came out of the earth and then you're like, oh, no, less than that. Like a blade of grass, right? Like we talk to Christians that are heavenly people, right? That are established in the heavens that have been made, that have been raised up above all principality, power, and name that is named in this world, right? Raised above everything. And then we talk to them like they're blades of grass, Right? Like, oh, it's just, you know what, you come out of the earth and there's something that just steps on you and then you just turn to nothing and you wither and you go back to the dust, right? Like, that's really encouraging, right? Feel great about yourself. Like, I'm like a blade of grass, right? Like a blade of grass. <laughs> but he says, um, he says, against which the stream beat, where are we, 49? Yeah. 49, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat. It says vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let, let, me, let me end with that thought that I had just started there. I think, I think we'll stop here. Look at 2 Corinthians, I think. 1 Corinthians, sorry. 1 Corinthians 15. And look at verse number 45. And I think, you know, this is going to be... Um, I think a really good synopsis, right, of everything that we've been saying, but really get your eyes really focused on, wow, look at what Jesus has done. Look at who God has made me in Christ, right? And then you'll, you'll be able to even see how the Lord talks about it. Even here, you even see a bit of a mirror image, right, how the Lord tells you how you can identify beholding the glory of the Lord and be able to understand who you are. In verse number 45 of 1 John 15, verse number 45, he said, as so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Right? The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, it says, became a life-giving spirit. Right? Life-giving spirit. So you see, obviously, even the difference between the first Adam and the last Adam. The first Adam became a living being and died. Right? The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Right? So there is life, eternity in Christ. Right? And he gave us and shared that life and that glory with us. Right? Verse number 46, it says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual, right? And, and this is maybe some assumptions there, but I think what he's making reference to there is the fact that first we were born naturally, right? Then we became spiritual, right? Verse number 47 says, the first man was of the earth, made of dust. So, so he's going he's, he's gonna to show you the first Adam, and then he's going to show you the last Adam, and he's going to show you who is it that you're identifying with. Like, like if, if all that we can think about is death and decay and, you know, I'm, well, everybody's going to die and all of that kind of thinking, that's just natural thinking. That's thinking like Adam thought, right? That, that's thinking earthly, right? But he's saying here, he said the first man the first man was of the earth, made of dust, made of earth. That word dust there is earth. He was made of earth. The second man is the Lord from heaven. He, I mean, th th there can't be two things that are more diametrically opposed, right? Earth, earthly and heavenly, right? Earthly and heavenly. Verse 48, watch this. As was the man of dust or the man of earth, so also are those who are made of dust or earthy. In other words, 
there, there is no argument, right, that if you are earthly, you will live just like earthly people do, subject to the same decay, the same destruction, the same rules. Listen, you can do it all. You can work out until you're 140. You will still die. <laughs> you will not be able to keep this physical body going. It will corrupt, it will die, and that it will be the end, right? There is no way that being carnally minded or naturally minded leads to life and peace. It doesn't work like that. Being carnally minded is death. Being spiritually minded is life and peace. There is no way that being carnally minded ends in life, right? And, and, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with taking care of this and eating right and exercising, but it helps a little, meaning it doesn't give you life. It just tries to extend the existing one, right? It just tries as hard as it can to extend it, but it is not eternal life, right? Working out and eating right is not eternal life. It just helps your physical body. So, so there's no debate there, right? Do you do something that helps your physical body? Why wouldn't you? I just said it helps your physical body. I don't know. Like if you have a little puppy dog and you bring him home and you love him, do you kick him across the room? No. You take care of him, right? You nourish him. You feed him, right? Do, do you beat up your body? No. You love. You care. For, nourish your body, right? The Lord loves your body. He cares and nourishes your body. So to, it's not like all or nothing. Like if you're heavenly, you just kick your body around and abuse it. No. If you're heavenly, you probably got wisdom to take care of your body more than most people, right? So, so yes, you take care of your body. But he's saying here, those that are natural will end, right, will just live earthly, right? And earthly, the way of the earth is just corruption and death, right? So that's the way it'll end. But it says, but, and as is the heavenly man, the heavenly one, which is Christ, right? The same one, he called him the last Adam, the life-giving spirit. And as is the heavenly, so, so also are those who are heavenly, right? So, 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 I mean, we've read a lot of verses, and we'll finish reading this, right? Talking about your citizenship and where you're of, and you've been made new, and all of this stuff, and all your newnesses of God. So I think we've established pretty well that we are heavenly, right? We're not earthy. That's, that's pretty well understood. I think even Christians that don't even believe half of what we're saying would agree with at least that much that you're heavenly, right? Because you, you got to kind of not believe a ton of scriptures to not believe that, right? So, so he says that as, as is as is the heavenly man, as is Christ, which is the man that is being referred to there, right? As is Christ, so are we. Sounds like a verse, doesn't it? Because as he is, so are we in this world, right? As is the heavenly man, so are we that are heavenly. Oh, but you don't know, but I live on the earth and the economy is not good and the elections are coming up and this and that and I can only prosper if this world prospers and you know, I feel a little threatened at my job. They're gonna quit, they're gonna, they're gonna fire me and lay me off and then what's my family gonna do? And all of this thinking, all this earthly stuff, like, listen, you have, have we forgotten that we have a heavenly father, right? Heavenly father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, right? Your will be done on this earth in me as it is in heaven. Right? Before the earth is done in your circumstances, right? We, we, should, we should have obviously like this mentality of the will of God being done first and foremost in my life. Believe me, I want the will of God done in all of your lives, in the lives of all of the people that I come in contact with, in, in, the, in the lives of all the people that I love and adore, right? But, but guess what? I want to get it first, <laughs> right? Because this is me and God that I'm talking about. It's not you and God that I'm talking about. It's me and God. In other words, I look to nourish myself first. I look to profit myself and God first, right? If I don't have it, how can I give it to you, right? 
but I can, if I, whatever I have, I can give to you. So there's a ton that we have, right? I mean, there are things that I may not even know fully that you can receive from me, even though I'm not even in, in full knowledge of it, right? That you can receive from God through me, right? But, but the point here is, is that as, as much as you want the will of God to be done on this earth, I want it first to be done in me and my body first. I want to see my loved ones healed, but I want to see me healed too, right? And it's not too like I come second. No, like I come first, right? Like the reason why I'm seeking the Lord is for, I'm not seeking him for you. I'm seeking him for me, right? When, when I'm learning and I'm growing the things of God, I'm doing it for me. And you know what? Being able to share that is a beautiful thing, right? To be able to share and to give to other people from the things the Lord is teaching you. But first and foremost, I want that for me. I sh- surely want it for me. And then you want to see that. That's why Paul would say that you would imitate me, right? In other words, the way I think, the, by the things that I say, you know that these are things that God agrees with and that he's speaking, and these are the thoughts of God, so imitate those things, right? Don't be conformed to this world. But he says, he says, he says as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And, and as we have born, watch, as we have born the image of the man of dust, in other words, you were born that way. You were born of the man of the earth, right? And you bore his image, and you experience his decay and his destruction and, his, and, and just the, the way of an earthly man, right? You experienced aging and pain and hurt and all of these things and sadness and tears and depression and all of this calamity and all this tribulation and all this stuff, right? But then somewhere along the line, you grew and you knew him who is heavenly and he made you new and made you heavenly. Now, don't think that who you're trying to conform yourself is to this earthly man, right? Right? You're being conformed even bodily transformed into his, it says our lowly body into his, into his body, right? I think there's like a a lovely word there. I don't know, it's not his lovely body, but there's a nice word there that I'm not remembering right now. It says, uh, verse 49, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust or the man of the earth, it says we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Can we just look at that verse 49? in like maybe like a, a literal, like maybe um, YLT or even the literal version, the LSV. Yeah. He says, and according as we did bear the image of the earthy, we shall bear also the image of the heavenly, right? What, there's a note that some Bibles have that talk about how some manuscripts, right, read like this. And as we have, I don't know which translation actually reads like this, but it, but it tells you that, that the manuscripts do. It says, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, it says, let us also bear the image of the heavenly, right? In other words, like if you think about it, like let us also bear the image of the heavenly, that goes so well with Hebrews chapter 12, right? Where Hebrews 12 tells you, this is what you've come to. You're heavenly people. You are of Mount Zion. You are of the heavenly Jerusalem. You are of the church of the firstborn. You, you are of a place of an innumerable company of angels. He says, you are, of, you are of a kingdom where Jesus is the mediator, right? He's the foundation of this kingdom that we stand in, right? And then, and then, and then he says there, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, he says, let us have grace, in other words, let us receive by the right that we have been given to these things. Let us have it. Here he says, here he says, let us also bear the image of the heavenly. In other words, that when you, when you look at the Lord, and as the, as the Lord keeps training your heart and mind to be able to behold the glory that Jesus has and possesses today, that just as he's a living stone, so you're a living stone. That just as he is heavenly, so you're heavenly. 
But, but the thought that, you know what, Lord, the same way uh, the will of God is done perfectly in the life of Christ, right? So also in our lives, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's all these weird ways of thinking that go away that, oh, like I, 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 I walked under a ladder. I, I saw a black cat. Like it's just such, such silly stuff of this world. Oh, I'm going to have seven years of bad luck because of this. Or, or oh, oh, yeah, you know, um, throw, throw, real quick, get me some salt. What in the heck is that? Get me some salt? Like, we are heavenly people. Talk about somebody, get me some salt so I can throw salt over my whatever shoulder that is, right? Like, it's just such just carnal, worldly, nonsensical ways of living, right? Let us lift our minds up out of the gutter and let us look and behold the glory of Jesus. And you know what? Look at him and ask him, right? Jesus, if you throw salt over your right shoulder, does it work, Right? Right? He, he just, he'll get your eyes up out of the gutter. That is so beneath you, right? It's so beneath us to think that way about luck and good fortune and all of this. Nobody has to tell you good luck. Nobody has to tell me when I get on a plane, break a leg. The plane will not go down because I'm in it, <laughs> right? That's why it's not going to go down. Because of me, it won't go down, right? It doesn't matter how much it shakes in the air. It ain't going down because I'm in it, Right? I'm in it. it. It's just the, the point is that we, we would see who we are and who the Lord has made us. You know, he said, I have made you heavenly. Walk, he says, in that heavenliness, right? Walk in that newness of life that I've given you. He said, I made you new. Walk in that new. I made you new. He says, walk in that new. He said, look at verse number 50. Now I say this, and I am wrapping up here. I'm not going to take you past 1 Corinthians. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does corruption inherit incorruption. In other words, this body by itself, I know that it's not the will of God that I'm just going to have this body forever. No, I'm going to have a heavenly body. I'm going to have a body that is going to look just like his. In other words, a body where mortality is swallowed up by immortality. But what happens is, while I'm still waiting for that body, right, the life of God in me gives life to it. In other words, God on the inside of me has given me his life so he can give life to this body. Why? Because it's mine and it's his. That's why. Because it's his. And wherever God is, right, life is. Wherever the river flows, it gives life to everywhere that it goes. And believe me, there is a river on the inside of me flowing out of me, right, that makes this body to live. Because there's a river of life in him. How is it not going to affect this body, right? How is it not going to affect this body? There's a river of life on the inside of me. I want it to come out, right? I want the will of God to be done in it, right here first, in this earth. Before it goes to any, this body is made of earth, right? Before it goes to that earth, it's going to come to this earth first. Because it has to go through it to get to that one, right? So it's going to give life to this one. It's going to give life to this one. It says, nor does corruption inherit in corruption. Verse 51, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Right? So you see in more and more, what is the will of God for us? That everything that we have in us swallow up all this. That it just consume it all. 
Consume it all. And everything that you see with your physical eye, consume the same way, right? And be transformed into the same life that you already have, right? And, and what, what he, the Lord is saying to us today is, I want you to walk in that newness. You know why? Because as you walk in that newness, you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, right? Like, that should make somebody think, what's transformed? Like, like people, Christians are free that all the time. Transformed by the renewal of your mind. What's being transformed? Your spirit? No. You already read in Hebrews 12, it's been made perfect again. Doesn't have to be transformed into anything. What is being transformed? Your mind? No, no, no. That's what it just said about being renewed. What's left? <laughs> your body. There is nothing else left, right? It will be transformed. Now, sure, if, you don't, if the job's not finished here, when the Lord comes back, he'll swallow the rest of it up right? He will consume it all, right? But the, but the point is that the, that the consuming it all comes from the same place, a mind that is renewed. That's, that's where immortality swallows up mortality, right? It says, so I think we're on 53. Yeah, 53. For this corruption was put on incorruption, this mortal was put on immortality, right? But, but that, listen, when, when, when the Lord says in Isaiah 61, he says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? In other words, it's on him. It's on his body. It's, it's in his mind. It, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, right? He's to, to preach the gospel to the poor. In other words, he has made the spirit in me apparent on the outside, right? It's apparent, like it's visible. It, it's, it's tangible out here. He's not in here. He's made it manifest right it's apparent it's it's it, it you can you could you could see it working right out here why to preach the gospel to the poor to 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 bring sight to the blind all of that stuff right same isn't it interesting that the same thing happened to samson right samson just not even saved like we are not having the not having everything that we possess today yet he would just be walking around like a regular joe and all of a sudden the spirit of god would come upon him mightily it says and he would take out armies with, with, with the jawbone of an animal, right? It's like the things that he would do seemed very supernatural, right? right? Because it was the Spirit upon him, right? So, so the Spirit of God is upon us, upon our body, to give what? You, you, I mean, you, you see examples all over the Bible, right? How the Lord can take a mortal body and empower it to do magnificent things, right? Things that are not of this world, things that don't make any natural sense, right? But, but, but it's the same way it is with us, right? How, how could God take and make a prophet run faster than a horse and chariots, right? How can God take a physical body and do such crazy things where you can walk through people and they don't even see you walking through them, right? Jesus, Jesus was being persecuted and he said, I'm out of here and just walks and people don't even see him go anywhere, right? How God can take uh, uh, an apostle and needs needs this one guy to have the word explained to him and translates him in a physical body, translates him like Star Trek to a different location, right? Just so that he can speak the word of God to somebody. How does God take and do that with a natural body? It's the same way that he'll work in this natural body of ours, right? He'll give it life. He'll promote it. He'll prosper it. He'll heal it of any ailment, right? Because that is the will of God, right? How are things done in heaven? No pain, right? No hurt, no tears, no destruction. You know what he's like and you know what he likes. You know what he says is acceptable for you and what's not. And pain and disease, God says, unacceptable, right? He, he looks at it. If he sees it in your body, no good, unacceptable to me. And, it, and it, he says even toward you, that is unacceptable. He said that you would see instead 
the life of God, that it, the power that is toward you who believe, the power that is toward us. Don't look at the power of arthritis. Look at the power of God, of life that is towards your joints, right? We think arthritis is big. Try to put that next to the glory of God. What does arthritis have on that? Nothing. But because it, when you're naturally minded, you think, oh, arthritis, cancer. What is that compared to the power that is toward you? Nothing. But, but we, we're very intimidated by words like that. But it's just because as you know what he has done and given you, the stuff of this world just, listen, it shrinks. It melts away in comparison with the glory that you have on the inside of you. Melts away in comparison. I think number, let's go to 54. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. In other words, all that means is, right, all that means is that there is coming a day where this body, right, will be swallowed up in the same victory that your spirit was swallowed up in, right? It, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There is no, this body is not staying the way it is. It will be swallowed up in victory. And he says, in verse 55, oh, death, where is your sting? Or Hades, where is your victory? And here's the answer to where is your victory. Verse 56, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, both of which God took away, right? He took away sin, right? He, it, therefore, because he took away sin, he took away death. And verse 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory that gives, that swallows up mortality, he's already given to you. And what, this is the victory that overcomes the world, he says, even our faith. So we go full circle to where we started, right? It's just hearing and doing, which is believing, right? So, so you know what, don't get too caught up in what you see. Don't get, not, well, not even too caught up. Don't get caught up at all with what you see and what you feel, right, in, in, Sorry, I, didn't, I told you I wasn't going to take you past it, but we can just say this kind of like pretend I'm praying right now, right? Colossians chapter 3, because he just talks about there, just, I think it's a good place to close. He talks about there in Colossians chapter 3 about how we are to think about things, right? That are, he says, um, um, is it? Oh, that's not it. What, what is the verse that says, right, right for us not to think on heavenly things yeah three one. Oh, colossians i'm in philippians i i want to go to philippians before i was in colossians now this time i want to go to colossians and i'm in philippians yeah uh, uh three one colossians three one look at what it says it says um if you then were raised with christ which we were right raised right to heaven with christ to life Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, on heavenly things, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, it says, then you also will appear with him in glory. In other words, when, 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 when Christ is revealed, you are revealed. When he is seen, you're seen right? When the heavenly man is revealed, those that are heavenly are revealed as well, right? You know why? Because it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. If you see him who's heavenly, you're looking at yourself who are heavenly, right? In other words, when heaven sees heaven, it says, I agree, right? Yes, that's exactly who I am. When earth sees heaven, it says, that's stupid, that's foolish, right? 
That's, what, that's the way earth, when earth sees heaven, it says foolishness. When heaven sees heaven, it agrees, right? right? So that's who you've been made. You've been, so, so he says, don't just think about things on earth. He says, I know, I get it. You, know, so you get, you're doing things and you're not yet there, right? You're, you're not yet allowing me to work fully through you. You don't know fully. So there's things that you still do naturally, fine. But there's a lot of your mind, though, that has been renewed. A lot of awesome things that you guys know, right? So when you know these things and the Lord's reminding you of them, remember, right? My God, I am heavenly. I'm not earthy. Therefore, I should seek. I should seek those things that are above. Father, thank you, Lord, for these people, my God. Thank you for all of your people around this world and even those that are asleep in you that have believed and put their faith in you, Jesus. We are all heavenly people. But my God, there is so much reason to rejoice. There, there is, there is there's so much joy, my God, to be had just by beholding what we have and who you have made us, Lord. There is so much advantage that we have, so much power that is toward us, Lord. But, but, but there is, there's a thing sometimes, Lord, that we just get caught up and, and tripping up on the things that we see with our eyes, Lord. But, but seeing, physically seeing, Lord, is really a bit overrated, Lord. But what is not overrated, my God, is beholding your glory as in a mirror. Beholding you, Jesus, so that we can see the heavenly one, so that we can see who we that are heavenly are actually like. Heaven can only know heaven by beholding heaven. Heaven can only, that which is heavenly can only know the heavenly by beholding heavenly. We will never see who we are by beholding this earth. We will never see what we have or don't have by beholding the results that we see or don't see with our physical eyes. You can never know heaven by looking at earthly things. But if you allow your mind to escape this, by the same escape that the Lord has given you from temptation and everything else in this world, by just beholding him, you will be reminded of who you are and then I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus that you would not walk away and forget who you are. That you would be reminded of who you are as you have been reminded today and that you would continue in that truth more and more. That you would be exhorted to continue daily, continue daily being reminded of who you are. Staying, keeping your mind on the truths of who you are and on the truths that have been delivered to you, that you would be faithful to continue therein, always endeavoring to grow in the knowledge of what you've been given, in the knowledge of what Christ has provided and given to you, that you would continue and not relent, that you would not look to the right, that you would not look to the left, but that you would look straight forward into the face of the Lord, into the glory of God, that you would see what the heavenly kingdom that we are of is like, and that you would continue to to take on that newness, to put that newness on, to put on Christ as you walk and not to put on the old things of this world that have already passed away and that are not of you, that are not of you at all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for those that will believe. Thank you, Lord, for those that will believe, Lord, through our word and through their word, people that will continue to hear and recognize who they are, that will be reminded by even these that are here, reminded of who they are, the word that they speak, that that word is heavenly, that is a godly word, that is a gospel that, Father, you have put in them and that you have revealed to them. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that it is on the gospel, Lord. That is what your church is built on. On the gospel, Lord, is the foundation, Lord, that we are built on. And we thank you. We praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, my God. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Reform Church. 
If you have, please share this with someone else and help us get this uncommon truth out to the world. If you'd like to support this good news, you can do so at reformchurch.com give. Also on our website, you can take advantage of our free messages, articles, and even full discipleship courses. Start reforming your mind now at reformchurch.com.